Hello and welcome to the Helping Hand podcast. My name's Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hi, today I'm talking to Tara McDonald. Tara is a child and family therapist working in Cheltenham. Tara originally trained as an adult counsellor and psychotherapist over 20 years ago, moving to work with children and their families in 2009. As well as being a qualified adult therapist, she is an accredited play therapist, certified creative art supervisor, therapy practitioner and a certified filial play coach. Tara is also the co-director of PIP Solutions, which focuses on offering training to professionals who care about children's mental health. Hi Tara, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for agreeing to come and talk about Theraplay. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it does. Yes, absolutely. So I suppose my journey is a bit unusual because I originally trained as an adult psychotherapist um, in the late 90s, early 20s, and um, was really focusing in on sort of more crisis work and um, had my children. So was operating on a voluntary basis for, for quite a long time. Um, and then my family and I moved overseas and I got a job as a school counsellor um, because I previously worked with sort of um, adolescents and adults. So um, I got taken on as that role. And in the interview, I, I said to them, definitely work with the older kids, um, support the teachers. I'm not qualified to work with sort of anyone younger than 14. So those will be referrals. And I was told, yes, no problem. And then as soon as I started the job, I realised that actually I did have a long list of small people that I needed to work with and thought, crikey, I better get myself trained. So um, in 2009, I did the, my initial play therapy training and I did that through PTUK, but in Hong Kong. And so my sort of start of working with children was, was through play therapy, um, which was fantastic and I sort of developed that and the more and more I worked sort of individually with children I, I felt like I, I was wanting to find a way of, of also connecting with families because I felt that whilst there is absolutely a place for one-to-one -one child therapy and I still very much involved in that work in some cases being able to do family work I felt was was would have been more appropriate so I initially did the filial play coaching training and then found Theraplay um and so um that's sort of been my my loop of a journey um and most of my work you would say is attachment focused so it's 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 whether i'm working with adults or in a play therapy or in a family situation it's typically will always be through an attachment lens Tara, I was so pleased when you agreed to talk to me because although I have been working with children for 20 odd years now, as we were talking about earlier, I have never heard of Theraplay. So I would love it if you could explain what is it, how does it work? Sure. So Theraplay originated in the US in the 80s and uh, it, was, it was developed by a child psychotherapist and a developmental psychologist and it's, it's really a, um, a sort of structured form of play therapy, if you like, but where it differs is that it directly involves the, the parents or the carers in the process. So it's a sort of dyadic relational therapy where it's therapist, child and um, one parent initially. 
And it's it's really about regulation as so much of our therapeutic practices and um, focuses on attachment. And unusually for a sort of child psychotherapy, it's very much about the here and now. So it's, it's very much about supporting um, the development of secure relationship between the child and their carer um, through the, the, the four tenets or the four um, core areas of therapy are based on what is perceived to be the four key parts of healthy parenting. So we're looking at challenging, we're looking at engagement, we're looking at nurture and we're looking at structure. So those are sort of considered the, the, the four key areas of a healthy parent-child relationship. And through different sort of activities that are, that are structured by the therapist, we seek to support those areas to develop throughout the therapeutic process. And um, again, unlike perhaps, um, play therapy or, or a, or a non-directive therapy whereby the child takes the lead. In this process, it is very much adult-led. So whilst we obviously are very mindful to, to move within the child's uh, window of tolerance and how much they can cope with within the session, it comes from a, from a place of that for children who might have difficulties in relationship or anxieties, that actually if they feel that their adult is in control, if their adult has got it, um, is able to manage things, then there's a reduction of, of, of anxiety for the child. And I think the other thing which is perhaps a little bit unusual about therapy is that it's quite a touch, touch heavy process. So many of the games will involve, many of the activities will involve a level of touch and it's very nurture led, um, which has obviously been incredibly challenging in COVID, as you can imagine, we found ways around it. <laughs> um, and it's sort of, we're looking at, at meeting perhaps in some cases where developmental milestones might've been missed. So we will use sort of developmentally quite, perhaps on the surface, if you looked at it, it would seem quite developmentally young, but we can adapt it to different age groups. So for example, we might play a game like, um, we might play row, row, row your boat or something like that uh, with a child, but it's all structured in a place so that the child can cope with having that nurture, having that interrelationship, um, sort of developing things like eye contact and support so that we're really meeting those building blocks to give the child the sense that they can trust and find security and relax into the relationship with, with the adult who's looking after them. I'm getting a bit of an understanding of how it's going to work, but as a parent coming in, once I get in touch with you, is there an assessment process? How do you decide it's right? And then after that, what actually happens on the day? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if a parent was to get in touch, the, the initial, first of all, it would be a meeting between therapist and parents or parent or carer. And that's really just to sort of obviously chat through what the, what the parent is looking for, what difficulties they might be experiencing, um, and for the therapist to get an idea of whether or not there is... This is, this is a modality which is about a family relationship and supporting that piece because sometimes it isn't and then there would be another modality that would be better suited. 
Um, and um, so, yeah, just sort of to ensure that this is something which you feel the parent would be able to um, involve themselves in, because it's a very, it's a, quite an intimate process. I mean, you do find yourself in extraordinary situations with parents where you might be sort of um, doing the hokey cokey and a child's refusing to take part and the parent will find themselves doing the hokey cokey with a 47 year old woman on their own. You have to, it's, 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 you find yourself in unusual situations at times. So just ensuring that this is, this is something which you feel would, would suit the family as a whole. Um, and then we go on and um, we conduct something called the, it's known as the MIM, M-I-M. It's the Marsha Interaction Assessment. And this is really the assessment tool for TheraPlay. And um, how that takes part is the uh, therapist sets up a variety of activities for parents and child to do together. If there are, if there are two parents or carers, then you'd have a child do it with one first, then with the other parents, and then a couple of activities for them to do as a family. And you are videoing that, so the therapist isn't in the room. Um, and those, the therapist will then take away the, the video and really analyze the different processes that are going through, always in, through a lens of structure, engagement, nurture and challenge. So all the activities are sort of um, looking at sort of strengths and difficulties around that. Um, we're looking at things like body position, um, how well the child copes with being given instruction, um, all those sorts of things. And that gives us a fantastic starting point um, whereby which we can then discuss with the family what we've seen, check that this is their experience perhaps in the home. Um, and from there, we will then go into the therapy sessions. Um, the way that I typically work and different therapy therapists have different, different, slightly different ways of doing it. So I obviously have a once a week session and that can last from anything from sort of 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the child's um, ability to, to manage in a session, all the way up to sort of 45 minutes to 50 minutes. So um, it's not, again, it's not like perhaps more traditional psychotherapy where it's a 40 minute session this we very much move with with the child's tolerance and and you know we want this to be a successful therapy it's it's not about sort of delivering um or pressuring or, or it, it's it's working with what we've got and building outwards if that makes sense um and in those sessions they're very structured in that we try and provide um, quite a routine. So we would start with a with a with an opening activity, um, which would get the parent and child into the space, and then depending on what the mim sort of came up with. So, for example, if we identified that actually this is a child who is seeking nurture but doesn't know how to access it or has difficulties being structured by their parents, then we might look at perhaps upping that a little bit and, and so putting in some, some activities um, and, and games and um, ways of being with the family to sort of develop that a little bit. But it's always quite structured. So we have an opening activity. We would then start with some just sitting on the floor time doing some gentle games so for example we do a check-in where we invite the um, parent to 
um, notice their child, notice their smiley eyes and, you know, notice their, their rosy cheeks and very gently just built that nurturing thing. Um, and then we would move into perhaps some more active games. Um, I mean, there are, there, are, there are so many, there's a whole raft of them, but, you know, it might be um, um, passing, a, passing a ball to one another and taking it in turns and, and all of that kind of thing. But all the while, it is the therapist is, is supporting the noticing of the child and just really trying to support the relationship so that the child and the parent is very much focused on the child and the parent. Initially, the therapist will lead it. And by the end of the therapy, the therapist will have structured the session, but it's very much, the hope is that very much the parent is leading the session and that the outcome is one of as much as possible, a joyful here and now interaction. Um, and then we would, again, we, we, we sometimes end in a very sort of structured way. So we might end by sharing a snack together or um, singing a song. Um, and yeah, and that that's the session. And it, sessions can last anywhere between sort of 15, 15 um, individual appointments all the way through to about 30 or 40, depending on, on the needs of the child and the family. Um, I, have a, uh, a check-in phone call with the parents once a week just to um, go through the session. Um, oh, important to say all sessions are videoed. Um, and so I would look at the video after the session, um, notice if there's anything that came up. It, it's, it's, it, takes, it takes some getting used to, but actually it's a brilliant way of, of being able to see the subtleties. So for example, if a child found something particularly difficult, going back and being able to see on the video, ah, oh, now I notice what happened there or why they reacted in such a strong way to something, you know, an activity this week when last week they were fine with it. And all of that is wonderfully rich information for the parents because of course they can then adapt and notice these things in the home. And every three weeks, roughly, um, I would meet with the parents and we would look at video together. So um, we would have the opportunity to review sessions um, together um, so that they can also see, see, see what I see, I suppose, if you like. Um, so it's a very inclusive approach. It's a very inclusive therapy. It's very much teamwork. Um, and the relate, it's very important that we have a good relationship, as good a relationship with, with, our, with our parents as we do with our children, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a, we, we consider ourselves a team, very much so. That's one of the reasons for having the podcast, Tara, so that people get a feel for the therapist even before they get in touch. So I'm really glad you said that. I'm curious to know, is there homework? Is the work done in the sessions or are you giving tasks to do in between sessions? Yes, so there definitely is homework and sometimes the homework happens quite naturally. So for example, you might have, um, you know, I the homework that you would give would be, why don't you 
um, you know, so for example, if you've done a, a game, you know, an activity with feathers, so blowing feathers and catching feathers, then I might give the, the parents um, a bag of feathers and say, why don't, why don't you guys practice this one at home? Um, but I also have some families where the children have sort of taken the lead and said, you know, mommy, let's do that game that we did with Tara or, you know, where, where if, they've, if they've felt that there has been something that's happened for them in the session that they've particularly liked. So, you know, we do games, for example, with some massage and some, some sort of safe touch sort of um, activities. And that might be something that you might suggest, why don't you do that before bedtime? Um, so yes, definitely the, 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 the activities are transferable to home. Um, and, and that's very fluid as well. So for some families, it might be, let's do this from the start. For some families, you might think actually this is enough because the child might be finding it quite intense. Because I think this is the thing about TheraPlay, which is quite difficult to communicate until you're in it, if you like, about how it is that, that some of the things that we do that are seemingly um, games that, that parents and children might play anyway, why when they come into the therapy space that becomes so much more intense? Um, or, you know, why, why it feels much harder for the child to do something like this little piggy, for example. Um, and, but we modify things. For, so for example, this little piggy, which you would play, you know, many, many parents and carers across the land are doing that. In TheraPlay, we might sort of change it a little bit. So instead of this little piggy goes to market, you would, you would say this little piggy likes football. So it becomes about the child. Um, and for some children, even that feels like a lot, you know, being noticed in such an intense way is, you know, particularly for, particularly for children who might have had very difficult early starts. Um, this is a therapy which is um, being used, applied a lot for families who are um, post-adoption. So because it sort of meets early developmental needs that may not have been met. And so seemingly it's, it's, we have to be very mindful that even though it's a seemingly silly, playful, traditional game, for the child that can feel like a lot. And there's also quite a lot of sensory involvement that, that comes into it, which we also have to be quite mindful of. So, you know, some children, if for example, we're, we're doing a massage game. So a massage game might be um, make your child into a pizza. So the child would lie very comfortably on some cushions and you might um, sort of put your topping on. So the parent would put on their tomato sauce and, and that would be an, a great way to involve a massage in that. And you very quickly notice, for example, levels of touch and pressure and things like that can be very triggering for certain children. And that's again, rich information for parents to take out of the session because you might, you know, you might never realize that actually your child being having heavy touch or having very light touch is very activating for them. So all of that is, is again, very rich information for the, for the real world and and also we have to be careful not to say, right, let's do this at home because we still haven't figured out actually where the child's comfort levels are yet with it. You mentioned attachment and children who had a difficult start to life, which leads nicely onto my next question, which is partly who's your ideal client, but also mm. 
what would I see at home that would make me think that therapy might be a good option for me? Mm, okay. So ideal clients. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I more and more now, I, my therapy uh, families are children um, who have, who've been adopted. So that is sort of, I'd say my core client group at the moment. But I have used this with biological families too. So I think because it it is seemingly can be very successful for children who've had sort of a level of developmental trauma or difficulties um, from the beginning, it is seen as one of the more successful therapies for that. But actually with biological families as well, there could be many, many different reasons that don't involve necessarily early trauma or any you know those situations where for some reason for whatever reason the parent-child relationship has just become difficult or um, it just feels like there's a sort of they're just not that co-regulation piece isn't there because I said that the thing is very much about regulation which really is what all therapy is about no matter where what your modality is so I suppose that the, the, the clients that I would think that this would be best offered to would be, first of all, from conversations with parents about they just don't feel like they are able to connect with their children or that they're not able to get through to them or that they find it very difficult to soothe their children or support them when they're feeling depressed um, or, or down. Um, that there's a, just a kind of mismatch that they just don't feel that that they're that they're able to reach their children for whatever reason. Um, and I suppose I should have said this this that whilst I typically work with younger children, so I think my the oldest child I've worked with is probably ten. This is this approach is used with with adolescents too. Uh, it's used sort of all the way up to sort of 15, 16. Um, and it can be used with very, very little ease as well. So sort of 18 months. So it is, is across the sort of developmental range really. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I hope that's answered your question. So really, if you just have a feeling that, that you're, that you, that, that you're just not able to, to reach your child, I suppose, for whatever reason, um, and that you feel that there is, there is just something going on not only in your relationship, but for your, your child, your little one or your older, you know, teenager, where you just want to be able to, to meet them, to, to be with them. And I think the other part of this, which is really important, is also find joy because therapy can be very joyful. There is a lot of, there's a lot of laughing that happens. It can be very intense, but it is, it's a here and now therapy. We're focused on the relationship. So you know, there's lots of giggles, there's lots of silliness. Um, it, it's a joyful practice too. And I think that that's something which for a lot of families is particularly after what we've all been through is, is, is missing in many cases, is actually being able to, to be joyful with your child. This sounds like a very in-person therapy. Were you able to do it at a distance during the lockdown or did you have to stop? So um, that's that's an interesting question. I, with some clients, I did continue, um, and with some clients, that was successful, and with others, it wasn't. 
Um, the Therapy Institute, which is the overall organization, um, did deliver really great training and they produced very quickly, they, they modified a lot of the activities because as I say, they're very touch heavy. Um, and they, um, they modified a lot of the activities and, and we were able to get a sort of list of, of these so that we could deliver them online. Um, yeah, as I say, some clients, yes, it was great. I think for me personally, and this is only personal, the, the, where I was successful was where we already had a, um, a good relationship. And, um, and so, and we were already quite through the process, but also very crucially where the children, because some children really thrived having home time, you know, not going into school. And so I think for those children, it was also incredibly successful because you were just adding to the fact that they had this special, this, this elong, prolonged time with their parents, which is what they fundamentally needed. Um, for some children, it wasn't, it wasn't successful, but that is only my experience. I do know that there are therapists who have um, had huge success doing it online and have started new client relationships and, and have done really brilliant work. I find online work difficult. I think that's the other part to say is that as a therapist, it's not something, you know, I'm, it's, I find it challenging myself. So if your therapist is challenged, it's not a great place to start. <laughs> um, whereas other people don't have that challenge. So, but yes, it can be, it can be administered online. And I suspect after COVID, there that this will probably be something hopefully that is offered um, anyway, I would, I would imagine. So if people want to get in touch with you or to explore Theraplay further, how do they mm. do that? So to explore Theraplay further, I suggest that they go to the Theraplay UK website. Um, so it's um, theraplay.org forward slash UK. And on there, you can find um, information about the Theraplay, but more importantly, you can find a, a practitioner on there. So they have an actual drop down find a practitioner and you can look in your area. Um, to find out about me, um, I work with an organization called the OWL Center in um, Cheltenham. And um, I'm just looking up the website. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's a, it's a, I'm very fortunate because I work in a multidisciplinary team um, and the Al Centre isn't just based in Cheltenham actually, we're, we're across many areas of the UK, so I work with speech therapists and uh, OTs and, um, and so if you were to go to the owltherapycenter.co.uk then you could find me on there because there's a list of all our different therapists but also um, a great resource for finding um, other practitioners, not only of therapy, but in, in many different areas. Uh, but it is, it is a private organization. Um, but yes, so that would be a way, of, a way of seeking me out. Great. Thank you very much for opening my eyes to therapy. And I hope it gives another option to some people who are listening today. Thank you very much, Tara. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk.